Welcome to the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative. So Drew, tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, first and foremost, father of two. Love my daughters very much. Pretty much everything I do is for them. Um, I'm in real estate. I help sellers who are distressed get out of uncomfortable situations. Uh, here in Michiana, Niles, Elkhart, you know, surrounding Michiana, six counties surrounding Michiana. Um, tech, tech, uh, I have a tech part user and that's pretty much it, honestly. I'm right there with you with the tech part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, worked in real estate, uh, not on the real estate like realtor side, but the media side. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole different industry for sure. There's it just is. it's very, very different. And uh, so in your specific industry, you're not a realtor. I'm not a realtor. Right. Nope. I'm just and a lot. That's a that's kind of a confusing thing for some people when they potentially like want to work with you and then they find out that you're not a realtor, but then you're also able to still help them with their home. Sure. Sure. So we're, we're classified as private investors. So we go in, um, we identify, you know, pain points that sellers are going through, whether it be financial distress, physical distress, uh, emotional distress. It could be a divorce situation. It could be the house has a ton of deferred maintenance. It could be, um, it could be a, an assortment of things. And our, our job is to go in there and figure out how to figure out a solution to their problem. And they, they welcome us into their home with zero expectations from us and we do the same with the sellers. We simply just go in there, have a open, friendly conversation, you know, eventually moving towards the more emotional side of things mm -hmm. and we help them figure out these solutions. Now, you know, realtors are amazing. They help um, sellers in a, a vast array of different areas. Um, private investors are unhinged, they're not, you know, where we, we can do how we want and where we want, where we want. And a lot of these, you know, people that we help, sometimes it takes two or three months. And realtors, especially with the housing market boom this past year, they're overloaded and they have lots going on and they have hundreds of listings and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So it's a little bit refreshing for them to have an investor come in, give them the time of day, work through their issues, offer up multiple options versus just listing it on the market, one and done. You know, we've done creative financing, creative wraps, we've done lots of different options, whatever is best for the seller, that we let the seller decide what's best for them. Right, and I think that's the part that is kind of misconstrued is like, we've talked about this a little bit before, mm -hmm. where like, there's almost a stigma in, in wholesaling real estate. There is. Where like people have this like, you're almost poaching, right? Like yeah. they, they think that that's what it is, but from the stories you've told me and the people that you've helped, like yeah. that is almost the direct opposite. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of that has to do with the person. So the person that who is representing the company or the you know quote unquote uh, investor or you know whoever, whoever whoever it depends on their how they want to approach a seller. They you know uh, realtors there is a, there is a stigma against what we do, um, but it's because they might have heard something from somebody else about a bad you know um, connection or a bad deal that went sour. Um, we've had you know shortcomings and we've explained it. We've never had any issues, but sometimes it do everything doesn't work out the way you plan it to in life mm -hmm. in general. Um, but there is a stigma against what we do because you know people think that we're taking advantage of people, whereas we're not. I'm, I personally, I don't. I, I go out there and I go out of my way abundantly to help these people. Right, and that's that's the part that when you were telling me about some of the stories of like, you know, 
helping people get out of these homes because you know they're older mm -hmm. or you know they get to a point where they don't really know what to do with the home mm -hmm. when they're about to pass or anything yeah. like that and you know it almost feels like there's a lot of times where you want to have somebody like you rather than a real estate mm -hmm. agent you know like you want somebody that comes in that has that conversation that's a little bit harder and less about the home and more about the situation that's a hundred percent it's it's not always about the home itself it's about what, what what happens after they sell the home where do they go we help with replacement we help them move we've helped people move out of state to get into a, a chemical dependency um like a rehab mm -hmm. um the gentleman was a, vet, a veteran and we, we saved his life i mean he we walked we knocked on the door this is our like sixth or seventh meeting we had, had with him and he was moaning and we pushed open the door and he was laying on the ground he hurt himself he couldn't get up hmm. so if he would have been laying there for another couple of days he would have been he may not be here. So right. we called a, a nurse friend of ours. She came over and checked his vitals and, you know, gave him uh, some, we gave him uh, pediatures and, and uh, insures, not pediatures, insures, and, uh, you know, got him back up to healthy. And uh, she checked his vitals and made sure he was okay. He didn't want to go to the hospital. He didn't have the money to do it. So we called in Lexi and Lexi helped us out. And she came right on, on the phone call. I said, I need you here now. He didn't want an ambulance, but we definitely changed his life for sure. Now from the last conversation I had with his son, he's in Connecticut, he's doing well. He finished his rehab program. He got a job, he's loving life. It's amazing to me of sometimes as, as a veteran and hearing that like you don't notice the world around you sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't see for what it is or what's behind closed doors a lot of times. And especially dealing with housing and all that, like every house is different, every person is different. So like you go into that context of like, you know, somebody's in a poor spot and they're behind on their mortgage and they don't have enough money mm -hmm. to, you know, pay for medical bills and then they fall and they get hurt. And it's like, what, part of that situation would a realtor have to do with anything right well I think that boils down to human compassion I think you know realtors have compassion realtors have and show empathy and they go out of their way and they do a lot and I give realtors a lot of props but there's a same sim not a similar stigma but there's also a stigma with realtors some people for whatever reason don't want to work with realtors mm -hmm. we don't know why they don't really talk about it they're just I'd rather just sell it cash as is and just walk away from my problem these right. you know these folks are looking to have a quick and easy convenient solution to their problems versus listing on the market and having 10 showings and open houses and getting the house cleaned up. And a lot of these houses that we deal with need work. So they don't show very well in pictures. They don't show very well in an right. open house. So a lot of these people don't have an outlet until we come in and say, hey, what can we do to help you? Right. And you've, you know, cleaned out homes and removed, you know, hoarding and stuff yeah. like that. And then you get to a point where the property then sells. Mm -hmm. And if not, Gets, gives them a clean slate, mm -hmm. potentially puts money in their pocket, mm -hmm. and they get to move on with their life without that stress. Yeah, and I think that's the part that nobody really sees a lot with that, with the stigma that people people think that oh, they're literally driving through neighborhoods like and like checking some tax record like that person's behind on their mortgage. I'm gonna come in and buy their house for half the price and then make money in my pocket, and mm -hmm. it's like that's not really. It's what goes really, on there? It's based off of everybody's individual intentions. If you go into a situation with ill intentions, you're going to be 
you're going to be you know chastised for it. I go into every home with an open heart. I usually wear my hat that says love on it just to kind of break the break the ice and let them know that like, we're here to help. We're not going to screw you over. We're not going to do you wrong. We're here to help and we're going to help you. Con we're going to help connect you with the investors who have the means and the know-how and the crews behind them to get your house back to marketable standards and take you out of the, the mix so that you don't have to deal with any of this stuff. There's no runs to Menards. There's no lifting a hammer. There's no, you know, taking out a dumpster full of trash. There's none of that. It's really just quick and easy. And they, we always give them the option on the number. So they tell us what they want. And our job is to, fi is to find our way to that number as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. If sometimes the number we can do, sometimes we can't. It all depends on what the number is. Right. And that's the part too, is like, you know, if somebody's lived in that house for 25 years mm -hmm. and they're behind on their mortgage and they paid all this money and they essentially are having a clean slate, yeah. that's hard to realize. But when you get behind mm -hmm. and it's either you can have a clean slate or you can have a mark on your record and n never be able to basically yeah. get a mortgage again, yeah. that's a good, almost so a good trade-off. Foreclosures stay on your credit for 10 years. And almost every time you go through the foreclosure process, there's fees from attorneys and creditor debt, debtor creditors, and there's just fees after fees after fees. We'll come in and we did one in Knollwood and Ash on Asheville that was, they had lived in the house for 24 years, raised a family, the kids were in college, that COVID really hurt, and COVID's a big thing with all this too, but COVID really hurt their ability to earn because they're both school teachers and school mm -hmm. isn't virtual. So, you know, their mortgage was high, it was a almost half a million dollar house and they didn't know what to do. And I explained to them that I'll do my very best and I did and we had a bump in the road, but we ended up closing and I saved them 10 years of credit hardship. We, we got them all caught up and I put $5,000 in their, or, yeah, $7,000 in their pocket. Like they walked away with money versus it going to a foreclosure auction, having a 10 year stain on their, on their credit, not being able to you know, get into an apartment or a house because they've got that red right. dot on their credit. And you know, we're still, I get Christmas cards from them. They're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're in the process of flipping it with an investor we're working with, Bridget, and they're coming in in a couple of weeks to see the final reveal. We transformed the house, Bridget transformed the house. I helped her a little bit, but she did most of the work. Which is, I think that's part of it, right? Like you go down that road and people get so bought into, you know, they're, they're like, I've done, you know, 20 years of payments on this and I'm, I'm about to walk away from it with mm -hmm. nothing. And you're like, I understand that's a problem mm -hmm. and, I, and I get it and it sucks. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's like, you can walk away from this with a clean slate and move forward and potentially get into another property or yeah. a, apartment or whatever. But if you don't do this, you're going to lose your house to the bank mm -hmm. and they're just going to flip it as it is mm -hmm. to somebody that's just going to buy it for scrap and then you know, invest a bunch of money and then the uh, the flippers, especially in our area, they're buying low and selling high. That's mm -hmm. literally the whole job. But what I've run into, especially being in that industry is, you know, I'll go through and people will run through a property. We're talking like 30 days, complete flip, like down to the stud mm -hmm. almost. And like, it can be done. But what I found is that if you go to somebody like you who takes the time and spends two months, three months and does it right, it contributes to the housing industry where somebody's going to buy that home and it's going to be an actually good home. Mm -hmm. There's too many times I've walked into a house ready to take photography mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, like literally the sink is not installed it's just <laughs> sitting in the hole yeah or there's no water ran or literally there's like water 
as a puddle in the bathroom like somebody left the water on or whatever and mm -hmm. it's just it's things like that that you know or like tile work that like literally has grout missing yeah. inside the shower that you can see water damage and all that mm -hmm. it's just little things like that that i think it comes down to it where working with uh with a company like yours mm -hmm. where you get the investment of time and accountability versus like well it is what it is i'm going to give it back to the bank and try to have a clean slate it's like that's literally not a clean slate like mm -hmm. that is a plan that will cause you more stress than you're already in absolutely yeah. and i think that's the part that people miss so working with somebody like you and your company like that makes total sense of why you would do that because a even if they don't if you don't flip it like mm -hmm. even if you get out from underneath it you get an investor and they come in and they buy the property and you're not doing the flip but you know as a company you still have to make money and i get that mm -hmm. but you're not going out of your way to gouge it. You're not going out of your way to be like, well, we can flip this. We're going to need $85,000 in investment up front to do this. It's not the same game. No, we don't pay attention to the numbers. The numbers were, I mean, it's numbers driven. It's a real, it's real estate. There's market, there's standards, there's things. You have to know your neighborhood values and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But when it comes down to what we, my company gets, it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter what we, we earn. I, that house, that the biggest deal I've ever done, it was $400,000 and that was with Bridget on Asheville. I personally walked away with $0. I lost like 3,000 between six dumpsters, clean out crews, mm -hmm. like all the things, moving 20 years of possessions, helping them move into a, you know, I had all my, my crews you know, move all their stuff into storage units for them because they're, you know, they're elder. So we like went, and it was weeks, weeks, weeks of work. And mm -hmm. I, I lost money, but it wasn't about the money, it was about solving their issue. Because right. I walked in there and I, from the first time I met Aaron and, and Jeff, I told them, I said, hey, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get you out of this situation. And in that scenario, I didn't make a penny. I lost money. And it doesn't matter because I kept my word and they got out of the foreclosure. We worked with the banker, the creditor. We negotiated with the attorneys. We did everything we possibly could. And they, they had refinanced this house like five years earlier so they were like double deep so there's no mm. equity they lived in it for 20 years there's no equity in the home because they refinanced it took out the money and then defaulted on both the original mortgage and the secondary mortgage right so there was no there was no equity for them to have there was nothing to fall back on at all right like they couldn't even pull equity to essentially work with the bank to like yeah. figure that out yeah they were they were they were in a tough spot and there's there's lots of people out there that are in tough spots and until you get to know the sellers and care to hear their stories and shed some tears and give some hugs you don't really know what they need until it gets to that that tough conversation of hey what can you do to help me and i will tell them i'll do everything i possibly can and that's when i reach out to my investors that i work with locally and out of state saying hey you could have a you could have uh, you 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 could be brought into this deal and help somebody's live and then also make an earnings on a fix and flip or a buy and hold rental and they all the investors love that part of it too that they're that they're by association they're helping somebody else not just making a penny they're actually helping people and they always ask me for the story what's the story with this one drew they say what's the story it's either a foreclosure a divorce a bankruptcy uh you know they broke their back or something happened you right know? so there's always a story so Rewind away from just the industry and what you provide, but like as a business, I mean, how how did you get into wholesaling? Like, did you jump into this or was it more like I, something just dawned on you and you're like, I just want to do this? Quite honestly, I was just, you know, 
browsing the internet and looking for different business models that I could scale up to and do. And I've always wanted to get into real estate. I know real estate's, you know, something somewhere that you can get into and create some type of wealth creation for your, your kids' kids and your own kids. So I looked into it and I found this was the easier, the area, to, the, the barrier to entry into this part of real estate was easy, but very technical and you had to have connections and networking with right. title companies and other realtors and, you know, uh, you have to learn. There's a lot of stuff to learn about real estate. Mm -hmm. But before that, I had owned a car dealership and I had a service center. I was a auto mechanic for many years and I loved it, but it just became difficult, you know, getting older and my hands didn't right. work as fast as they used to. So I got into real estate and I, I don't think I'll ever switch. Uh, I might add some things and do other things, but I don't think I'll ever get out of real estate because there's just, there's too many people that need help. So I feel like that is a testament of finding your calling. Yeah. Like you care, you, you want to help people and in what more of an impact can you make outside of like medical, I guess, for say, for an actual human being, but housing, mm -hmm. right? Like housing is literally like one of the main core three things in life that you need, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think about that and your company, Modern Property Solutions, you guys go out of your way, you help people with housing, but also it seems like you help people more so, especially with you know, with uh, the veteran in the home and getting them to rehab and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it seems like there's a lot more to it than just wholesaling real estate. People for you. should always come first. It doesn't matter what industry, what business model, whatever it is, if you put people first, because people, every business is people driven. There's really no business models that I know of that don't require a human touch. So if you are able to be personable and help people and you put them first, and that's our slogan for our own company is people should always come first. And I, if I, I truly believe that, and if you do that and put people first, put money aside, put situations aside, if you just help put somebody, you may not make, you, you may not make a return, whether it be money or whatever mm -hmm. on that deal, but in life, life will give it back to you tenfold because I am literally my entire company and my staff and everybody goes out of their way to help these people because there's nowhere else they can turn. So we are the last stop because we solve their issue. Once mm -hmm. we solve the issue, they can go on about their lives and have a, a new chapter that they can open. People move out of state, people move out of the country, people move in with their family relatives, they do all kinds of stuff. It's really up, left up to them. And that's the beauty of the whole situation is once the house sells, once the house and that burden is taken off their plate, they're free to do whatever they like. They can do whatever they want. They can follow a dream or start a business or you know, retire, whatever they wanna do. I think that that's the part, again, that people sort of misconstrue about that, right? Like with the whole stigma of, of real estate in general, like especially now in this industry and how it's booming and, mm -hmm. you know, and we all know that like it's inevitably going to drop. It always does. It's, you know, a huge yeah. hilly, hilly mess. But especially with at least in our area and, you know, you you have where there's a lot of people that uh, have family members that live in home and uh, like older older relatives or like parents and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I think about that in your industry and your business and how you help those people even in those circumstances find new life, mm -hmm. right? Like give them a second chance. And I think that that's like majorly inspiring. Like that's not that's not just a business and like yeah we're doing well we're making money. Yeah. Like that's more like, dude, I, I work for like 50 people this year and I changed their life every single time. Every single time. 
every single time we change your life. And we don't push for reviews and we don't push for testimonials. It really is at the end of every deal, at closing of the title company, it's either a hug and or tears and or thank yous. I mean, there's, I've never had one person that was upset with the, the structure of the deal because if they were, I'll identify it immediately and say, what are we doing wrong? And they always have good things to say about us. Um, a good portion of my business is referral. So like the, mm -hmm. I'll help this seller on this street and then two streets away, the guy sees, they know each other and right. like, hey, how can I, how can I get, you know, how can I get you guys to come in and tell me what my house is worth and to buy it and help me get out of this situation? That's the, that's the part I was gonna ask next is, how do you go about necessarily finding this stuff? Because obviously there's people that have situations, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But not a lot of time do they know that even this option exists, let yeah. alone, like they're, they're always going to default. Like if somebody mentions, uh, you know, I was really thinking about selling my house, nine times out of 10, other family members are gonna be like, oh, I have a great realtor mm -hmm. or I have, I have this going on. But like, it might not be that simple of like, let's just sell it. Right. It might be, it needs more work, but like, you know, maybe I, just want a clean slate because by the time I sell it and then pay everything back, I'm still gonna owe money or sure. whichever it is. But I think about that a lot is like, man, that's, it's not like, that is a business model that not only works, but like is changing for, at least in the US for sure. But like, you don't have that often. You don't have businesses that will go out of their way and like look at it like nine times out of 10 year number. Mm -hmm. Right, especially at franchises and corporations and stuff like that. But yeah. even some small businesses, sometimes you're just a number and like they have a bottom line that they have to meet too. But it's nice to know that in your mind, it's helping the people first. So in a good context, it's like, uh, yeah, I didn't make a lot of money on this deal or I lost money on this deal. Mm -hmm. But I've done three other deals that I made plenty of money on that can cover that. And mm -hmm. I still ha managed to help both those people. Right. When we go into these homes, we talk to, these, to the, the sellers, we make it very clear that we don't take a penny from them. They don't pay us anything. The investors that we work with, they pay us for our time, our marketing, our resources, our clean-out services. We, we, we deliver a, product, a home to them, ready for them to go in there and do what they do. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll go in there and they'll paint, carpet, flooring, layout changes, new roofs, new windows. They'll do all the big things that the seller couldn't do. Um, and they, you know, they, they see potential. So the people that I work with, I, I, the number one requirement that I have for the seller or the investors that I work with is you have to be able to have a vision and a plan mm -hmm. because you walk into a house, you should be able to see the potential, whether I touched it and cleaned it up and did a deep clean on it or not. And two, you have to have a plan and, and the money to be able to do what you, your plan entails. Right. So these investors, they, they know the game. They know what I, what I do. They know what I need them to bring to the table and my sellers know what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So they're, it, it works out really well. Not all of them are perfect. Not all of them are perfect. We right. try, we try. Some people, we, they say, we don't want to work with you. No problem. Keep us open. Keep an open mind. We're available anytime you need us. And we never push. We don't have any ulterior motives other than to help them. And that's, that's strange in this world today. Right. I was going to say, generally yeah. people would be like, they hear a no and they're like, well, now it's my mission to yeah. get a yes. And yeah. it's like, sometimes we just you make just sure let it be a no and like yeah. we're here when you need us mm -hmm. kind of thing just got to make sure that they're informed that they know mm -hmm. the process and explain to them you know help them see the big picture help them see what helps what happens after the house sells what's your next step in life well do you need help getting there you know what can we do to help we're not 
you know, we're not life coaches or, you know, we don't have, I don't know how to explain it. It's, we just go in and try to help people. I, I, there's really not much more that can be said to that point of, you know, what we do for the sellers. It really is just how can we help you? And if, it was, if it's within our wheelhouse and we have the connections or the network to make it happen, we almost always do. Right. Which and is that, awesome. That's the thing that I think about a lot, especially in real estate, is like, I see it. I know that there's people that are selling their homes, mm -hmm. especially in this industry right now with everything being so high and everything selling so fast and like, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get into a home. And that's the part, that last one is the hard part for people is like, they're like, oh, my house is worth double of, triple of what it was when I first bought it. Mm -hmm. I should totally sell. And then it's like. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know that. We tell them, we tell them like, hey, you're, you're asking this much money, but it's worth more. Right? We give them more. We help the investor. We, we ask the investors to pay more for the property that, that the person was offering. We had a person that I said, I'll, I'll take 55,000 for my house. And I looked at my partner at the time, Steve, and I said, that's a great deal. And I looked at the, the neighboring values and I said, well, he should be getting somewhere between 80 and 90,000 for this house, the way it sits right now, mm -hmm. because it wasn't bad. There wasn't a lot of deferred maintenance. It was just very dirty. It had, I think it had fleas in it and it had termite damage in the base, but that mm -hmm. was minimal. We caught it kind of right in the middle, and we we ended up offering him eighty five thousand, and he took it. So he got thirty thousand dollars more than he thought he was ever going to get, and he was ecstatic. And then we walked away with like twenty five hundred bucks. That's the part that I think people, especially with uh, in the housing market, is like sometimes people go into these investment properties, and if they're not knowledgeable about true damage that can happen and like deferred maintenance and all that, like they see, you know oh, there's a crack in the foundation, I'd never buy that house. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, there's termites, oh, that means that it's horrible. And mm -hmm. you're the opposite. You like look at that and you're like, oh, that's not a big deal, I'll yeah. handle that. I'm able to scope a house in 20 minutes, top to bottom. So that's because of my background in construction and just being hands-on mechanic. I can walk into a house and look at a structural issue on a house, and that's like the that's the one thing the realtor couldn't do. They can't sell a house, you know, with structural damage unless it was 100% disclosed. Mm -hmm. Well, we disclose it to our investors, but my investors and myself know how to fix it. A lot of people don't know that it really is just jacking the house up just a quarter inch, replace that room joist, and put a new one in, or replace the cob with the stone, and, and done. It's really not as big of an issue as most people think, but these sellers say, you know, they, they know there's an issue with the foundation, that it slopes, you know, mm -hmm. the, the kitchen slopes or a bedroom slopes, and they think that they're stuck. They're not, I mean, right. it's a house. Most everything on a house can be repaired. I like that. That's, that's a part of almost your business practice, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just the home that's getting repaired, it's also your situation. For sure, 100%. These I like people, I, I, my wife, if Stephanie was here, she's my wife, if she was here and she saw me from the beginning four and a half years ago when I first started this and I fumbled and I learned and made, made uh, mistakes and learned my lessons. And now it's like I walk in, I'll work a 10 hour day and I'll come home and the first thing I do is tell her about the situation. Like you will never guess what we were able to help the seller escape. Mm -hmm. And she, she loves it. She loves seeing me happy and that's what makes me happy because, you know, I think in, in the end we're all judged at some point and the amount of people that I help in my lifetime is gonna be part of that judgment. And I think if I keep doing the way I'm doing it and keep staying on the path that I'm on, I think, you know, in the course of the next 20, 30 years, I've helped thousands of people. And I, I couldn't ask for a better, you know, assessment of myself. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. like a life goal for you? It is. Like, it like really just helping as many people as possible? Mm -hmm. That's really inspiring, man. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's religious per se, it's just, just, being a good person.
just being human and compassionate and showing empathy and going out of your way and being creative. Networking is a big part of it. Yeah, I've rooted myself in Michigan pretty pretty deep. I, I know pretty much all the players and all the people that are in real estate locally. Um, and I've got a good rapport with all of them. They all know my story. They all seem see, have seen my growth and they all kind of want to be brought in on the action and brought in on helping other people because that's really the first thing I tell them. Like, if you can't help them, I have no spot for you in my network. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. I need you to be able to help me help them. If you can help me help them, we can get along fam famously. That's awesome. You know, anybody that's listening to your podcast and anybody that's subscribing to your podcast, if they're interested in real estate, it's not hard to get into. The, the, the barrier to entry is actually limited. Um, getting certified as a realtor is a whole nother game. It's a whole nother thing. And if they want to go that route, I'd encourage them to go that route and go to the real estate school and get their certifications and learn their fiduciary duties and all the things that encompass a realtor's license. Um, but you know, you don't have to have a license to get into real estate. But I will say this, you do have to have compassion and empathy and be there to help people, not take advantage of people. That's the only requirement that I have for myself. And anybody else going into real estate would probably be best suited going into the real estate model with an open mind and an open heart.